Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. I'm Chris Solomon. Joining me today, tough act to follow with the month of podcasts that we just had, but he thinks he's up to the task. No Laying Up co-founder, Tron Carter. Tron, what's going on, man? I was just trying not to disappoint people. This is... uh... (laughs) got to be a letdown for for all the subscribers out there but i'll do my best the new listeners need to learn very quickly that what the standard is going to be for this podcast and not to not to expect what happened last month every single month i just needed a break i needed a break from yeah. interviewing top 5 players in the world you know it's it's it's, it's a tough life so <laughs> Uh, I got a lot of probably people that already closed their browsers after that one. But you just got back from a uh, golf weekend fishing extravaganza in Jacksonville. Uh, wanted to debrief a bit on that. What, where were you? What were you up to? And uh, how was the weekend? It was awesome. Uh, kind of my last hurrah. Wife's due in January, so um, headed down to Jacksonville, Neptune Beach to be specific, for DJ Pie's birthday. Uh, and his wife invited some of us down, and I ended up being the only one that could make it, which was, which was actually um, worked out well because it was uh, we were a blast. We went uh, played golf on third Friday at Team Aquana, which is like an old Ross course down there. It was sweet. Played a little five, some little wolf, uh, and, and, and DJ posted that uh, the video of me on my swing, and I got more negative tweets about the length of my pants than like anything that's ever been posted about me it was it was emasculating and they're like they're not even that short they're just i just i have so much pop in my swing that my pants started riding up on me a little bit so but needless to say i may have to take those to the tailor get a little bit of length length uh, let out of them um but yeah and then surprise party for dj um on Friday night at this local bar called Pete's. So I'm still kind of struggling with the lost voice. It was, it was loud in there, smoky. And, uh, and yeah, so just a bunch of people from the tour there. It was, it was cool to, um, cool to hang out with some of them. And, you know, it's cool to figure out that, or kind of remind yourself that these are all real people <laughs> that work for the PGA tour. And, you know, it's like, stuff uh you know kind of it kind of keeps things in perspective so what would we but, just spend uh, all our time criticizing people and then you gotta yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's like people have like there's like re- there's like real you know consequences and there's like real decisions that are real things that go into these decisions other than just you know hey i want to watch every shot of tigers for the whole season you know what i mean like just just stuff like that so um but yeah so it's me and Jacksonville's sweet. It, it kind of gets a bad rap in the national sense, but it's it's essentially like the land of low cost goods and services, and it's it's so chill. Uh, it's like the you know Jack's Beach, Neptune Beach. Uh, I think we ate Mexican restaurant or Mexican food three or four times, um, and if, it almost feels more like California than it does Florida, which is cool but uh yeah we we woke up early on saturday morning went fishing um which we were kind of just like still half drunk and not expecting much and started pulling out some big ass fish (laughs) uh and then played golf that that afternoon saturday afternoon with luke guthrie uh and his brother sean martin dj and i it's a little fivesome out of dive valley uh out at the tpc which was sweet um, yeah, what's it like playing with? Uh, have you ever played with a professional golfer before? I've played with a professional, but not somebody that. Or sorry, that's probably going to come out wrong. I played with Billy Andrade one time, a few holes with him, but like I don't know. I mean, have you played probably... with? Have you played with a golfer that has pop that contains pop? <laughs> exactly. Uh, not really. I mean, I've nobody with a PGA Tour card that has pop or conditional status <laughs> on the PGA Tour that has pop. So. We went out there and um, 
yeah, we were so sore from the day before and then from fishing and kind of hung over. And so got out there and first hole was kind of short. Luke, Luke kind of had a sloppy par on the first hole. Missed yeah. a short pot on the second hole for par. And then he, he rattled off like six birdies in a row. And like didn't even acknowledge it until like like after the sixth one and DJ was like oh man like that was that was six birdies in a row for you wasn't it and, uh, and he was like oh yeah I guess you're right like he didn't even really realize it that's some so. that's some standards you're holding him to though sloppy par I don't think I've ever heard the term sloppy par before well I, I mean he was in the greenside bunker in two on oh. par five and oh okay. a relatively straightforward bunker shot and then you know and then blew the bunker shot by by a few feet so it, you know it was it was uh I, I i'm sure if you played that eight out of ten times he would he would make a par or make a birdie so. okay you made it so i thought it was like i mean like he lagged it lagged a 20 footer close and tapped in for par and made a sloppy par oh, no, no, no. yeah it was i mean the way he was playing it was essentially a glorified par four so, well, it's got to um, be nice to go from snow in Boston down to. You'll be singing Jacksonville's praises if you're going from the northeast. <laughs> no, I got back and I, I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, we're probably gonna need to move down there." <laughs> she was, she was actually really cool about it. And uh, uh, it was funny. I sent her the picture. I sent her a picture of one of the fish we caught. Um, no words or anything. And she's from Naples, Florida, so she's done a lot of fishing. And she just writes back. She's like that's a big red. And I was like, you know, like I would have never known in a million years that what kind of fish it was. If somebody sent me the picture and she knew right off and then was like, what were you using all this stuff? Like she knows 10 times more about fishing than I do. So I I have a feeling she, she'd be right at home if we moved down there. Yeah. You're not, you're not cut out for the cold. I mean, yeah, you went to school in Ohio and you survived the winters there, but you're a Southern boy. You're not, you're not prepared for all that, that winter up there. Yeah, we got spoiled up here last year, too, so I, I don't think it's going to be quite as kind the winter uh, up here in Boston as last year, so well, battening down the hatches for sure. Well, you got to play mostly golf this weekend, fishing, drinking. Did you get to watch much of the return of the cat? Um, saw a little, didn't get to see any of it on Thursday, which was driving me nuts. Like, I got, I was on calls all day and then kind of tied up with work stuff and I mean, Twitter was just melting down, right? Oh, um, it, was, it was crazy. <laughs> I was, I was, inst- I, I was instigating a lot of it, overreacting to a lot of it. So it was like the Charlie Steiner Y two K. Exactly what it was. <laughs> like I got on there and like, people were just losing it. Um, so I didn't get to see too much of it. And then Friday flew out like um, relatively late in the day, so didn't didn't get to see a whole lot of it there either. Um, but caught a little bit on the weekend. Um, man, Big Cat was sweating profusely. He was into it, man. You you have alternative theories to this, or I do. I don't think. I mean, unless <laughs> unless we want to get a cease and desist from from Steiny and the gang, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my tongue on that one. We'll but, let uh, we'll let the people uh, come to their own yeah, conclusions. Conjecture, on that. Yeah, conjecture. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it was pretty crazy. I I had tempered expectations. Um, I think that what the, my initial reaction to it was ecstatic about what we saw twenty four birdies, um, but overall I would say very sloppy. As I'm like a couple of days removed removed from it now, I'm actually a bit more worried about it as I think back on it. And I've done I've done probably an unhealthy amount of thinking about it, but. Uh, I think this is kind of one of those. I want to get your feedback on it before we get into it. Like one of these occasions where it's kind of like the perfect time to talk Tiger. I mean, I know it gets beaten to the ground, but I, I usually get very frustrated when events only focus on him when there's another event going on. I thought the Hero World Challenge was a perfect excuse to just focus on Tiger for an entire weekend. Yeah, it's like a novelty. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just kind of a little um, gimmick tournament. But, uh, yeah, and you know, like, like I was listening to Shane and Chipnuck on Shane's pod earlier and you know I mean Chipnuck said it perfectly he was like yeah it's an easy course you know relatively flat spots around the greens and stuff you know so it was like but he was talking about how there were a few times where Tiger straight up just wouldn't even play it at the hole on a chip you know just like leaving himself with a 10 or 12 footer and he was fine with that but I got excited on I think Sunday we, we flipped it on and 
Tiger like almost hold a chip, and I was like, whoa, yeah. you know, that was cool because I, I was expecting him to just be hitting Texas wedge from off every green, you know, trying to trying to keep the ball on the ground with the chipping yips. So I was more encouraged with that and the fact that he was working the ball both ways. But I think I think people. I don't I maybe mean, I just don't remember this right but I by in, the end of 2015 my recollection is that he was pretty much over the chipping yips. He had one really bad chip Sunday afternoon of the Wyndham. But I mean the chip yips that was back in February and he that was um Phoenix and he just absolutely embarrassed himself. He went out to the Masters and finished tied for 17th in 20, again this is 2015. And the chipping was not a problem there. I don't remember it persisting throughout the summer. And I just remember that one chip at Wyndham. I was just kind of surprised to see people focus that much on the chipping. Am I misremembering any of that? Uh, I, it just never goes away. You know, it's always simmering right under the surface. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was pleased his... Swing looked like it possessed more pop than I anticipated. Yeah. Because there was like that New York Times video that it looked great and then somebody else posted something and it looked it looked super hesitant, especially towards the follow through. So it looked a lot better than I was expecting it to. Yeah. Man, he had some recoils, sorry, read coils going through the, <laughs> the hitting zone on some of those. I mean, but I mean, overall, I was, and I know uh, Andy Johnson, fried egg, was pointing out as well that he did have the two-way miss going. A lot of left misses. He was trying to hit a draw off a lot of tee boxes, but that's the more more I reflect on it, um, I, I start to be not as encouraged by the performance. And I know I'm kind of nitpicking it because if you told me at the beginning of the week he was going to make 24 birdies, I'd have been ecstatic. But He's had some trouble in some pretty wide fairways down there. He missed a lot of them, and he was playing from the waste area more times than I can count. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And while you were encouraged by the, some of the chips you saw, overall, he hit some. He, he didn't skull or blade any chips. Or, I mean, he chunked one uh, that he was chipping from the green, kind of a weird shot. So he didn't hit really disastrous ones, but... <laughs> Yeah, don't ask about that one. He, uh, but he hit a ton of really bad chips too. I mean, not just like, not embarrassing chunks, like I said, but just where he's you know rolling at twenty feet past the flag and really not. But isn't that close. the thing? Like he may not have the chipping yips. He's figured out how to fix them, but his ceiling, as far as chipping goes, is like there's so much anxiety there, right? Maybe I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I'm. I was so encouraged by the way he hit his irons. He stung his irons. He knew exactly what he was doing with those. He was confident with those. He did hit a bunch of really, really, really good drives. But for the most part, um, I mean, it was kind of fun. it was comical. He would do a like a premature tee grab, incredibly quick after a good drive, and then you could tell if he was watching one that it was going to clearly miss the fairway. And there were there were plenty of those. So I don't know. I, I'm encouraged. It was a good start, but I think uh, he's not going to be successful on a regular PGA Tour course unless he gets his uh, his driver much more straightened out. What was the deal? Was it just straight unforced errors like the last few holes every day or just fatigue or what? Like, well, what do you think? He had mentioned that he was just not used to not playing in a cart. And uh, it was just kind of – it was it was rust. And it's kind of a generic term for it, but it was – you never felt safe. You never felt like he was in the house. Like you know what I mean. Like he would be, he'd run off four, five birdies in six holes or whatever, and you didn't feel. Friday was the only round that he really finished it off well. The rest of him, he just kind of felt like he was clinging on for dear life, and that's a, supposedly a pretty tough finish. It's really hard to get an understanding for that golf course watching on TV, but um, it was it was a tough finish, but. I don't know. I don't put a ton of weight in, you know, making six double bogeys or whatever it was. I didn't care that much about his score, but uh, it's more just the sloppiness and inaccuracy off the tee. I think it, that could be his only downfall. I uh, so what it sounds like. It sounds like he needs to get your boy Casey Martin on the phone. <laughs> try, try to figure out how to, how to line up a card. If they'll do it for anybody, it'll be Tiger. But right? I couldn't. I couldn't help notice, by the way, that he was playing a tailor-made driver. A Bridgestone ball and a Scotty Cameron putter. I just, I just, I don't know. I found that curious. As I, <laughs> Vindication. As I take a little sip from my tea here, and uh, despite that getting dismissed on, on uh, some is other. Is that the last time that you ever weighed into equipment Twitter? Is that, <laughs> that is. I declared that it was, and then I couldn't help it when Rory straight up tells me about a. I could, 
equipment change that he's making. That that information, I was incredibly confident was true, considering it came from him. But man, I, I had very good in, good source on uh, who provided me the the Tiger Club information. But holy shit, I'm never doing that again. Never yeah, without being 100 like percent sure. Architecture Twitter is kind of like beyond the pale, but golf golf equipment Twitter, like. You know, I know we've we've joked about it with Jay Wall before. It's like, man, you can have that. Like that is, those people are nuts. It's I just don't understand. Like, unless you, especially these people that don't work for one of these companies, why they like affiliate themselves with them so strongly? Like, there was like a thirty-page message uh, thread on Golf WRX about just that tweet about you know the Bridgestone ball and all that and everyone's like oh he would never play a tailor made driver and the Nike people getting like legitimately offended by it and I was just so confused I did not know that world existed until this yeah it's kind of scary to be honest yeah and I didn't feel safe until he finally teed off I was wrong I did say that I had heard that it was Mizuno irons that was that was off but supposedly yeah, but that's you got all the truthers out there who are like yeah they're just they're just Mira irons with a Nike stamp on them you know what I mean I know <laughs> that's the part I want no, want no part of. But uh, hey, if I hear something, I'm not going to just say something completely random that I don't have good information on for the, in the future. But I'm going to try to avoid the equipment game from here on out. But um, <clears throat> Hideki Matsuyama went nuts again, fourth win in five starts. Uh, doesn't I don't, does he does he excite you? Um, no, like not at all. I mean. <laughs> His caddy did. Did you see his caddy? Yeah. <laughs> like, is she new or what? I uh, they mentioned something about it. I think it's it's another Japanese player's caddy or girlfriend or something, and she just was available for the week or something. I don't know. I don't know the whole full story behind it. That but. was great. I was I was like she she was sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't get worked up over him. Like Sean Martin, I mean, he was half masked all weekend <laughs> down in down, down at Jacks because. You know, um, like we were out at the bar on Friday and he was already beside himself about Hideki playing well. Um, I, and I don't think it helps that when he wins like that, you know, just going away from the field. Although I guess it, it got close towards yeah. the end. Well, um, yeah, we can't. But yeah, yeah, I mean, his tempo is great, but I just, it's amazing. Like his putting stats were even remotely average. How dominant he would be scary it's kind of scary how well he hits the ball but i i I don't know if anything's majorly changed in his putting for this fourth win in five starts and i I hate to four and five starts well i gotta put an asterisk on it because a couple of those are japanese tour or asian tour wins that aren't i'm sure the best fields um and he finished second he finished second in the tournament that he didn't win to jt in malaysia um and and I don't remember what the the fourth win of that is. So you know, I, you can't pick apart four win and five starts. But it's not four win. It's not four PGA Tour wins and five starts. But um, I don't think anything necessarily has changed in his putting. I think this is probably the worst time of year to get super hot. Uh, so I don't know if that really changes the way how I feel about him going forward. But I was listening to uh, Swan Tech's podcast with Steve Sands. I just found it interesting. Uh, that one of his handlers or his interpreter was saying that he may start doing interviews in English starting in the first quarter of 2017. Uh, I, that's obviously not as interesting of a topic as his golf game, but I just found that really interesting. I think that'll be really cool. I think that takes a lot of guts and courage to uh, a language that's not definitely not your first, that you don't speak well, to start having confidence to be able to speak it to the media I think that could hopefully. I hope that kind of changes our access to him or and our understanding yeah. of it. And, and uh, I don't know. Do you find any significance in that? Yeah, I mean, shit. Angel Cabrera hasn't like spoken English. Like he speaks great English, and he refuses to, <laughs> to do to do interviews in English. Which I mean, that that may just be a savvy move on his part. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a window into his psyche and just getting more comfortable over here. I'm also curious. Like I, I just looked up his his recent results and the fact that he didn't play in the Dunlop Phoenix over in Japan seems kind of, kind of strange. Why did, was there a reason? Like like that's the biggest tournament in Japan to my knowledge. What was he, was he playing something else that week or? Well, he played the, he played the CIMB and then the HSBC China. And then he played this Mitsui Sumitomo Visa Taiheo Masters. Of course, everyone. You didn't watch that? Yeah. But he didn't play 
but he didn't play the week between. So he didn't play week 45. So maybe it was just the scheduling thing. But um, but it just seems strange that, that he would skip that one because that seems to be the biggest you know, biggest tournament in Japan. Which, why, like, why is there no, like, why is there not a WGC in Japan? Like, it seems like they've always tried to, you know, they got one in Malaysia, China, and, like, why isn't there regularly a big tournament in Japan that's sanctioned? Uh, I mean, I, I would understand that more probably than China, but I don't, I don't know how that sponsor stuff works. Too expensive? I have no idea what that, what that, but that, well, so this is kind of one of those things that I, I, I would say on here, man, I'd love to see that. It'd be cool to have an event in Japan, and there's zero chance I would watch it. So like, I feel really? like, oh man, I'd watch that. Like, how? Dude, in that is, course in, in uh, Lost in Translation, where, like, <laughs> Bill Murray's playing with like Mount Fuji in the background. <laughs> Isn't it in the middle of the night, like in the U.S. Though, like, uh, I don't know if I don't know well, if it'd I'm be like prime that. time, wouldn't it? You, you oh, that's off right. In the morning and you know. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, so. I don't know. It's just those. I mean, the, I don't watch the one in China. That's like a kind of a silly season WGC or off season WGC, and I I, re, I rarely watch that one. That's because Bubba yeah. and Poulter win those. That's also contributes well, yeah, to it. Yeah, and that course is that course drives me nuts, and the atmosphere there is just so stale. Yeah, it's pretty poor. Um, do you think the Hero World Challenge should give out world ranking points? Um, man, I've gotten some crazy hot DMs about this this week, and I'm just like. Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't think they should give la- like points to whoever finishes in last place. Like, I have a real problem with that. So you know, if you finished in last place in a WGC or the Hero World Challenge with eighteen dudes in it, you didn't, be- you didn't beat a single one of them. Yeah. Like, like for instance, what was it a few weeks ago? Jimmy Walker finished like fifty, like fifty shots off the lead in one of the WGCs, the No Cut WGCs, and he gets du- he gets world ranking points for that. Because of strength of field and all that. And it's like, you didn't beat a single person in the yeah. field. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I have a problem with that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, when you have, you know, that many top 15 or top 20 players gathered somewhere in the world, um, you know, shouldn't it be valid or shouldn't it be applicable to kind of the rankings yeah i'm with you on that so that i totally actually i agree with you 100 percent there because i didn't understand the takes that uh, people saying that they, they sh- well for, first of all having tiger in the event ranked 898 or whatever just kind of throws things for a loop because like yeah whatever he, he's going to move up 150 spots because just by finishing which i mean you know that makes tons of headlines and everyone wants to say this is what's wrong with the depth first of all since when have you ever cared about somebody moving up from 900th in the world to 650th in one week? You'd only care because it's Tiger. Um, I, I'm just so sick of people taking like the the, the, the official world golf rankings on a, on a week to week basis, like coming up with like a really weak narrative like that, like pointing out this one little crazy thing that can happen and yeah. acting like that is the flaw in the system or saying like this is why it's yeah. flawed. It's like. The system's not That's, meant to be like a perfect fluctuation week to week, and it's it's not like a power yeah. rankings. It's not every week. You can yeah, you can win an event like Hideki did and not move in the rankings. That doesn't mean anything. There's points based on it, and there is a formula behind it. It's not like somebody's sitting back there saying, "Oh, I'm going to move this guy up 250 spots this week." I agree. I think that's kind of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, where you know, but I do think my problem with the with the world golf ranking is. Um, for whatever reason, I think it, it puts too much emphasis on some of these international events. Um, not enough emphasis on recent trends, too. Okay. Yeah, I think, you I think, think it's it goes too, too weighted towards old events, is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You know, it should be more progressively weighted towards what have you done for me lately. Yeah. I, I, and if you want to argue this flaw in it, and I, I don't disagree with it, yet at the same time, I understand why they why it's structured this way. It's tough to get into the top 50. Once you're there, pretty easy to stay there. So it's kind of a protect your stars system. Is that the most fair to everyone past 50? I would definitely say not. But if you're the ones deciding, you know, who gets in these, you know, official... First of all, there's only like... How many events a year? Eight that or so that you know are where your world golf ranking actually matters. Am I right in saying that? Um, 
For in the WGCs, we don't really care about who actually gets into those unless it's Tiger. So throw that out. Uh, the rankings don't matter that that much. Not nearly as much as people think they do. I would say. Uh, unless you're the thing that really matters is getting in the top 50 to get in the Masters. Um, so yeah, once you're in that top 50, it's going to protect you pretty well. But at the same time, like that, that's that's kind of the system they have in place. They want to protect their top players. If you do get hurt for and you miss three months, like uh, Jim Furyk or something, you don't fall completely out of it and have to use medical exemptions or all that kind of thing. So I don't know. It's not perfect, um, but I, I just. I, and another thing about this time of year, this and I should have pulled up the piece, and maybe I'll find it and put it in the show notes, but uh, Jake Nichols wrote a thing just about how the Euro Tour this time of year is like the 5 o'clock free crack giveaway when it yeah. comes to world ranking it's points. crazy. And always this time of year, there's guys that climb up the rankings, that sneak into that top 50, get in the Masters field at the end of the year. It's like, I don't mind having one PGA Tour event. It's not even a sanctioned PGA Tour event, but one event that mostly benefits the American players and the PGA Tour players that is just like a free world ranking point giveaway to end the season because the Euro Tour, just they give out world ranking points. Like it's like a Nino, like, like Turkey on Thanksgiving, Nino and Brown, baby. Uh, so, All right. go. So... Do you know who the 34th ranked player in the world is? Um, is it like Bernd Wiesberger? Yuta Ikeda okay. from Japan. Yeah. All right? He's he's won like – he's just dominated the Japan tour. Okay. But he basically – he finished 33rd at the PGA this year. Just looks like he finished like tied for 72nd at the – Open Championship, emceed at the U.S. Open. Basically hasn't done anything in any of the tournaments that, have, that he's played outside of Japan. Um, and he is ranked ahead of like Ryan Moore, Scott Piercy, Jim Furyk, Zach Johnson, who won a major last year. <laughs> <sighs> like That's just crazy to me. And that, that, that's where the non-PGA Tour... Um, Tours like Euro Tour, Asian Tour, they give out too many points for a win, and I and I know I spend yeah. a lot of time on a lot of time on this podcast saying how hard winning is and how whatever it should be rewarded. But I'm sorry, like beating like some like the Madeira Islands Open or whatever it is that doesn't get a top 250 player in the world, and they give out you know more world ranking points for a win there than like a fourth place finish on the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. where you're losing out to Sergio Garcia and Justin Rose and on some of the top players in the world. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It's too much weight. I know that the 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 ranking points are structured that it's based on strength of field is how many points the winner gets, how many points the second place guy gets, blah blah blah. But you still get so many points for beating, I mean, relatively not a lot of good golfers. Whereas you can be in an event in the U.S., finish 10th, you beat a ton of really good players, and that's a better performance than whatever you did, the guy did that won the crappy Eurotour event. That's just what gets me upset. Here's the, yeah. here's the leading candidate, before we get too nerdy on these, these, num- <laughs> these numbers, but do you know what Alex Noren is ranked in the world right now? He should be ranked. Like, in my mind, Alex Thorne's a top 20 player because he's just absolutely eviscerated everybody the last three or four months. He's the ninth-ranked player in the world. Like, see, that, that, I'm cool with that. You he's are? probably the hottest player, yeah. So he, he's, won, he's won four times, okay? So I, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm sliding it by saying this. He won, and the, the events he won were not, not weak hero wins. Maybe he's the, not the best example. He won the Scottish Open. I'm probably Open. up the wrong tree on him just because he's... I actually enjoy watching him, and he's he's Swedish, and well, so I, I kind of have a soft spot for my Swedes. My point is, in since 2013, he's played the weekend in two majors. Yeah, but both of those majors were it was the last two majors, right? It was. He's T46 <laughs> and T49, but I mean, come like ninth rate player in the world. Like I, I and I know not everyone's going to come play the PGA Tour and not everyone can play a world schedule for all, all the reasons, but man, you got to see you beat some like talent. Yeah, some, but I mean, you got to look at it too. Like he won the he won the Scottish Open. That was a pretty big time field there in the lead up to the to the to the Open Championship, I won't, I won't say the British champ, 
yeah, British Open one year. Uh, and then the, he won the Omega European Masters, which is like the flag, one of the flagship events on the Euro Tour. Can you just let me have this? Can you let me have this one time? No, I, you, that, like, I, knew, I knew you were going to bring him up somehow. <laughs> I knew he was coming, and I was like, I, I just... Uh, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I don't like when uh, people just like take one guy and then compare him to the next guy and, as part of the, the flaw in the rankings, but I'm going to name off several names that he's ranked ahead, and this is why I have a problem with it. He's ranked ahead of Bubba, Ricky, Danny Willett, Paul Casey, Sergio, Justin Rose, Brandon Grace, Brooks Kepka, Russell Knox, Phil Mickelson, and your boy Matt Kuchar. Like that just I know you don't have a problem with number twenty there, but I don't know. That just doesn't doesn't sit right yeah, with but, me. Like Bubba hasn't really I know. He hasn't done anything since like last you know, like a Doral last year. Yeah, I know. I know. He uh I know. Alright, just let just let me ha- I told you just let me have one thing. <laughs> You just let me have it once. <laughs> I will say, man, I'm really, really pleased. Kucher down at 20th. He's He's been, uh, yeah, he needs to be 20th or below. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he went from 22nd to 20th after the Hero for finishing tied yeah. for third. Yeah. Like, tied for third at the Hero is like a backdoor top 10. <laughs> it is kind of a backdoor. It yeah. is a back. He bronze medaled the Hero World Challenge. Yeah. Um, if 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 anyone ever gets bored, I I really challenge you to do this. Go back to the very first No Laying Up podcast. This was recorded in April of 2014 at the uh, RBC Heritage, and the four of us. The only time the four of us have ever all been together at one time. I don't know if you ever recognize that, but it's um, kind of insane, isn't it? And we recorded this podcast. We had no idea what we were doing, first of all. There's not even any intro music. Todd's eating chips the entire time, and we're just drinking beer, and just all we do is argue about Kucher for like 20 minutes. It's actually a hilarious re-listen. I had, I had a lot of work, work to do this weekend. I have a real job, and, uh, and actually had to, uh, just needed some like background noise. I turned that on, and I was just cracking up laughing. So in April of 2014, you predicted that you wanted Horschel to be on the Ryder Cup team. That was before his crazy run. And you predicted that Patrick Reed was going to ball out on that team. Like, it was just like side notes in the show. Like, no one even paid attention to when you said it. You had two pretty insane predictions. <laughs> uh, I mean, shit, man. We need to, like, we need to expense something. Like, put together, like, meet in the middle, like, meet in Bermuda or something. And, like, go play golf there, like, all four of us and just expense it. Where do you think I live? Where? How's Bermuda in the middle? How's that a meet in the middle? Well, kind of. Right? I mean, I don't know. We can meet in Iceland. That might be in the middle. Yeah, although not this time of year. Here no. you can go play some play some ice golf or something. Yeah, not this time of year. Um, so. What do you say we get into some Twitter questions? We got a lot of them, and they're pretty yeah. good ones. Um, the fried egg, our partner in our newsletter, which by the way, I've, we've tweeted about several times, but you should sign up for our newsletter. It is, uh, it's a very good way to stay, stay plugged into some things that are going on. If you, you know, not paying attention to golf for a week or you may have missed some kind of story. So Andy does a really good yeah. job with that, but and it kind of it alleviates anxiety about missing good content. Like it kind of allowed me to tune out on certain stuff on Twitter and focus in on other stuff because I don't have to worry about oh I'm gonna miss so and so writing something like it just kind of aggregates all of it there and then links you to it. Yep, so, and we give nice. away a dozen Bridgestone balls every week because of it. So go ahead, yeah. sign up for it. Um, the fried egg wants to know the five golf courses, public or private, you want to check out in 2017. Uh, is this like a like a, just a dream wish list? Like you can yeah. <laughs> so all right, so so in 2017. Yeah, let's. I I think for the sake of the question, you keep it to realistic options and leave off okay. Pine Valley. Um, let's see, so I'll say one around here. Um, been lucky this year to play some really cool courses up here in Boston, but um, one that I'm really really looking forward to playing next year um, is Old Sandwich. Okay. Awesome things. Everybody up here says that's pretty much the the best one of them all, even the Country Club included. Um, so, forward to playing that one. Uh, I'm heading down to. Florida. My wife's pregnant, and then I work remotely, so I can kind of work from anywhere. So when she's on maternity leave, we're actually going to be going to live down in Florida with her family for a month or two, and then go to Atlanta for like the month of April. Um, but I really want to uh, want to go to Calusa Pines down there. It's private, so I have to figure out a connect there. And then um, really want to check out Streamsong Black 
at the end of the year too. We'll probably be back down there at some point, end of twenty seventeen. I like how you just float that out on the podcast. Like, oh, I need to yeah. need to find a connect down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, Street, Street Song Black's not open up till all like fall next year. But um, would really love to get get out there. Gil Hans, so hot right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's, uh, that's three. Um, there's another one up here in Mass in Western Mass that I really really want to play. Um, it's a nine hole called Whitensville. Whitensville. It's it's a Donald Ross. It's supposed to be like the one of the best nine hole courses in the world. Um, kind of out and, you know, like you wouldn't expect there to be an awesome course out there. Um, and then otherwise, I'm trying to think, I guess I'll keep it up here to, or actually, you know what, so Neil and I, are going, we're going to, a, we're going to this thing called the Fifth Major, it's out in Nebraska. John at, Deere? Dis, at Dismal River, yeah, it's like, I, yeah, that was my first thought too, <laughs> was, John, was John Deere, but it's out, it's out in Nebraska, it's flying a Denver and then um, these things at Dismal River but um, I think we're for sure playing Valley Neal really looking forward to that but trying to um, Sand Hills is kind of at the top of the list there so that's that's the probably the number one course I want to play in 2017 there you go I thought you were going to leave it open for a fifth to just have somebody that would have been the, the true way to plug it be like I'm open for a fifth and just take the best offer <laughs> take the best response yeah, you get no, I mean it's been awesome people have invited Invited us out to play a few places out there. Ballyneal, Prairie Club, um, a couple around Denver. So excited! So you can make all those trips all over you, all man? over the country, and you can't come meet me in Ireland for a weekend of golf. Is what you're trying to tell me? So. <laughs> well, that, that one's in June, um, and I, I, I got a I got an airfare for about ten thousand Delta miles on that one. Too, so. You don't have to explain yourself to me, but uh, no, I'm aiming. You, you I'm playing a, any golf down in Africa? Uh, no, I'm no. Well, I might play some down in Cape Town, but I'm not bringing any equipment with me, so I'd have to get like the full hookup of everything there. But uh, I haven't done much done much asking down there. But um, I'm going to be tra- going for Northern Ireland in May, and then Scotland in June. I think for. Uh, yeah, basically, I'd like to hit County Down, Port Rush, and Port Stewart in in May. I got I got a lot of work to get that get that figured out. And then heading over to Scotland, I'm not sure what the itinerary is for Scotland. I'm not really heading that up. Um, and then I may head in July to the Irish Open. Hopefully, um, I'd like to cover that. And uh, hang on, I will be moving home shortly after that. So kind of a last hurrah of uh, yeah. getting some some things checked off my list here, but. Uh, Irish Open is that it? Uh, is that it, uh, like are, are they it, still moving that one around? It's at Port Stewart this year. Port Stewart, okay. Yeah, cool. Um, so and it's yeah, moved back to July this year, and uh, so yeah, I hope I can get that get that worked out because that'd be pretty awesome. Have you had any any inkling to like take any mainland golf or mainland Europe golf trips, or is it kind of? I haven't. Mostly just um, just because. I mean, for for multiple reasons. A, I, I I have a friend in Ireland that you know. Once I'm on the ground, we all play, we play together, and I have a place to stay typically and whatnot. That makes going to Ireland so much easier. Um, and I don't really have golf friends over here. My only other golf trip I've yeah. done here was been with people from the U.S. that came and met me in Scotland. So, um, I know I haven't really had much much desire. I did go down to the Algarve in Portugal. And there's a ton of courses down there. There's advertisements for it everywhere. And I was with a golf, non-golf group, and it was driving me pretty nuts. But um, if yeah, if ever, I would love to, if somebody ever showed the interest in it, I'd love to love to make a trip down. I'd love to play Valderrama. Um, and I know there's a ton of continental good golf in Europe. I just have not explored that really at all. Um, Andrew Hudson wants to know. He wants you to tell us who is the absolute best golfer on tour. Putting aside all off-course antics, basically he wants you to exclude J.J. Day. He put in parentheses J.J. Day, so you're not allowed to have your own personal like uh, feelings towards anyone uh, or personal preferences. Who's the best player on tour? Best player on tour? You can I mean, just, that's such an open-ended can, question. But you like. can define it however you want to. As what, as what, I kind of define it as, um, I'd say, Best player for me is like who's got the best like sixth gear. Like who has that sixth gear that nobody else has. You yeah. know? So um like you know, I would I would say um like 
DJ, J Day, Speed, they all have like a fifth gear, but honestly, when Rory starts bucking his head, yes. you, can, you can cancel Christmas. Yes! <laughs> I mean, you just made, you just, you made Porter's day. It. And actually, I'll, I'll put another one up there, um, who I think, you know, when he's firing all cylinders is Adam Scott. Mm, I haven't heard that name in a while, I feel like. Yeah, which is just, and and that's more just ball striking, I guess. But like when he's he's on, it's like shit. He's he's throwing darts. Yeah, firing lasers. I guess I kind of dislike the like the whole whose a game is best arguments because like I don't know. I feel I feel like we can see guys go, and even Matsuyama has this crazy a game when he puts it all together and. I don't know. I just I, that, it feels like such a silly comparison to try to make, to like figure out who can go the absolute lowest. Um, but I I, I was interested because I asked Pete this question, and I just kind of wanted to hear his thoughts. And this first person he mentioned as well was Rory, and I just found that interesting. To me, it's hard to forget what Day has done over the last two years, and if he can stay healthy, um, I don't think we've really seen anyone go on the type of run that he's been on for that sustained period of time. So that's what makes me want to say Day. But I don't think he's gonna be able to stay healthy enough to to give us like sustained like progress in his game and whatnot. But health is a skill, man. It is health. Health is a skill. It matters. So it matters. Yeah, I mean, I, I would put DJ and J Day in like the same category. Although DJ's wedge game's gotten a lot better, but I don't know. I feel like they just kind of bludgeon the ball to death. There's yeah. not a whole, you know, it's, it, there's not that much artistry. Yeah, it's very true. I would say DJ's game is probably a lot more artistic than J Day's. It's like just brute force, but um, you know, and I put Stenson in that camp too. Where it's just like just monopoly on swing speed. You know, this is not a Twitter question, but have you made picks or do you have predictions for the majors next year? Um, yeah. So one that I feel really, really strongly about. I think I think Rory's going to win the first two. Ooh, I like that. I think he's definitely winning at Aaron Hills. I think okay. it's going to remind him of, like, you know, it may, you know, depending on the weather, but just it looks like the layout is almost, like, kind of Ireland-y. Yeah. See, it, it screams DJ to me. because yeah. I mean, Chuck Chuck Howell made me feel a lot better about it, too, in saying it's long and it's just going to emphasize guys that can pound it down the middle of the fairway. But, yeah, I mean, if Rory has a good week driving the ball, that, that obviously is going to suit him as much as it will DJ. Yeah, but, I, so I, I could see... You also you just Rory. know you know that Rory listens to this podcast too. You're that's no, that's why you're saying. No, 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 well, yeah, well, yeah. You, you know what? Like, I don't know if he was listening, I would probably, I would probably just pick otherwise. I think he's going to win three out of four next year. Three out of four. Quill Hollow. Yeah, I, and I think Spieth is going to win at, at uh, Burkdale. Wow. Okay. Man, so, you are showing a lot of bias towards recent podcast guests yeah. on this show, but. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was curious, what did you... And then, and then I, all, and I also think Sergio is going to win the Masters. I think Sergio and Rory are going to tie. They're going to share the green jacket. One arm in each sleeve. Okay. Because <laughs> I always pick Sergio. Every year. <laughs> you, you file your, your bet when you file your taxes yeah. on Sergio. Um, you, uh, you've, I don't know if critical is the right word. I think uh, the Twitter, Twitter consensus or people that follow you will understand that you have uh, a bit of... I don't know what the right word is, judgment on Spieth. You're not fully on the Spieth bandwagon. I was curious if, after listening to the podcast, you thought of him any differently or, uh, or I guess, any chance you wanted to take to explain your Spieth relationship. Um, you know what? I try to uh, I try to challenge him. It's kind of like that movie Whiplash where, you know, J.K. Scott is like, you know, he's a he's a – for those of you who haven't seen it, it's this—it's like the drumming instructor, the this like best music school in the world, and and you know I'm kind of Jordan's instructor in real life matters, and I'm just trying to challenge him, trying to make him better, tough love kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean any any criticism I have, like for instance, I was going to get on you, man. You said Brand Stewart on the phone with him. Yeah. Like you, with a straight face, you call him the brand steward. Like you, you've gone in, you know, three or four years to being just another guy to a global brand steward, and that's that's kind of why I've given him such a hard time because I feel like he is pretty corporate in that regard, or he's let he's let the C-suite kind of 
kind of take over. So that was that was very. I was. I come in with a jaundiced point of view about it, and then so for him to come on the podcast, that was really freaking cool. Yeah, and then to kind of tell stories and lay it all out there and, and all that. That was that was fantastic. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot more there than, than meets the eye. But most of the stuff that's bugged me over the last year is just the slow play. Yeah, you know, and it, it's just kind of come off as whiny, and, and and it seems like he's pretty self aware in that regard. Um, but I felt like like after the uh, I can't remember which which of like it was kind of before the PGA. Um, he, it, it just seemed like he was kind of feeling sorry for himself at the media, and it seems like that he's kind of come full circle on that. And, you know, so um, but yeah, so that's kind of a roundabout way of saying I like him a lot, and. Yeah, I think it was just kind of growing pains here over the last year. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, I wanted to give you the chance to explain it because I think people just think you hate him, which I definitely don't think is the case. And uh, no. uh, you, you even told me one time you basically invented that guy. Like you were, you were all over him coming up out of out of college. So um, it's definitely not. It's it's out of love that I think you give your criticism, and it is. Uh, I can, I can, I, I guess I don't just don't notice it maybe as much as you do. Um, and to be honest, that question I asked him just about being the brand steward was was influenced heavily by by you, by your uh, kind of take on that. Because I just, I, I mean, these guys, I don't really listen to anything those guys say that's really corporatey or really. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just the whole money side of the game that I don't care that much about. Um, I can see how it bothers some people and and whatnot, but. Uh, I think yeah, it's a phase that you got to kind of go through. I mean, Rory kind of yeah. went through something similar when he changed equipment, took a ton of money to do that. And now I feel like he is this guy that just doesn't care about it. Not doesn't care about anything, but just like will say whatever. Now he's willing yeah. to be open. He's his own man, kind yeah. Of and Jordan, Where, I mean, I, I can't imagine being that young, having that much money, and especially now versus ten or fifteen, twenty years ago. You know, I mean, it's 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 a different world. So you know, I, I'm sure I'd be. A, total freaking head case um but yeah i mean as long as he's gotten the slow play thing under control that was really my primary gripe yep and the belts his belt game is is still abysmal (laughs) so which i gotta give luke guthrie props for that i gotta figure out what kind of belt he was wearing this past weekend because it was the best belt i've ever seen it was awesome you got some criticism on your belt this weekend I did. Oh, I did. It wasn't a white belt, people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be so careful what you put on the what gets put on the internet. Like you said, you got you pants about the comments about the length of your pants and your belt. I mean, there's there's videos or pictures that I will be like revising, like zooming in on every corner of the picture to make sure there's not something hidden that somebody's going to make fun of me for. So you got to be careful, man. Um, and really. Yeah, yeah, and just put my swing out there. I mean, I know I come over the top. I know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You know, it's like I'm, I'm trying, people. I just I don't get out to play as much as I would like. You know, I need to get I, I need to get lessons up here in Boston. But but yeah, it's crazy. Like just, I mean, which more power to them. I mean, I I let people have it. So, yeah, yeah, we can take it. Come know, on, give it to me. Yeah. My- no my, problems there. My favorite was when Hashtag and I were playing golf at the British Open last year. Uh, we were just like, we were just messing around. It was raining and just doing like, just tour sauce videos. And I hit this tee shot and I, this, this comment has stuck with me. Like it still stings me. The guy, I posted a video of my swing and the guy said, I've never seen somebody with so little talent. And like it just, it's, it stuck with me. He <laughs> got me good. So now I don't post videos of my swing. But, um, um, that's, uh, well, that's well. It goes back to so, like going down and hanging with those guys that work for the tour. We we played in like a, we played in the three cup tournament when I was down there for the players this year out at um, like Jack's Beach. It was it was like the, just the most hilarious little muni. But um, I picked like a three wood, and I was playing with DJs club. So I picked like a three wood, a seven iron, like a gap wedge or a sand wedge or something, and. I get up on the first tee. I hadn't played in, I don't know, probably five or six weeks. I, I get up on the first tee and, like, DJ, I think some of these guys had kind of asked DJ, all right, like, is this guy any good? And he's like, yeah, whatever. I've never played with him, but he's, you know, he's like a six or a seven. And, um, and so, and my swing was just like a mess at this point. I whiffed the first two balls I swung at. What? On the tee. Yeah, we're like the first group off. I whiffed. Like I'd never ever even 
remotely come close to whiffing before. <laughs> and I was trying my like I was trying to sneak thing with my hands real low. It was it was literally like, the most horrifying experience of my life. And um, I'm choking yeah, over and, here. I'm I think this is unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was it was like it was honestly I, I almost shit myself. I was so embarrassed. And then uh, and then you know it got better as the round went along to the point but like all weekend this weekend I, I was literally telling telling DJ because we played with this guy Tom from the tour who's a little bit older and he like kind of handles some of the some of the uh, TV stuff and like I was just like dude DJ like you have to tell him like I can actually play like <laughs> like, like I DJ beat me by one on Friday and then I beat him on Saturday on Saturday and like I was like you have to tell him that I can play like I'm I'm still like I still hang on to that and I'm still. <laughs> You waited till like, the fifty minute mark to tell this story, not when I asked about your golf this weekend. You didn't leave like the podcast. PTSD, man. <laughs> Still just sitting no. back there. Yeah, you're gonna have a long it's gonna be a long time before you shake that one off. DJ, for as many people as you think DJ has told, he's told twenty times that, just to warn you. I he didn't tell our group though. He didn't I didn't know this. I feel like this is this, that was like an emergency should have been shouted out as soon as this happened. But I mean it was literally like the guy um it was like Bob Barker in, in Happy Gilmore. He was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> he kind of looked over at DJ and gave him that look. I was just demoralized, man. So um, Okay, let's get to a few more questions because we got a lot. Um, Ian McLaughlin wants to know, your top five players who lack pop can't play. Ooh, like top five, like they lack the most pop or top five guys who lack pop? Like top five guys who are good despite lacking pop. You can, the question is his top five players who LPCP. So you can okay. take that however you want. Kusher's probably number one. <laughs> of course. Um, Luke Donald's number two. By the way, in that in that podcast I mentioned earlier, the very first No Laying Up podcast, Tron drops a lax pop can't play in the first ten seconds of the very first podcast. So. <laughs> uh, Luke um, Donald's two. That's essentially the RBC heritage is LPCP is what you're saying. Luke Donald and Matt Kuchar. Um, I'm gonna say the Molinari brothers. Just, wow, just like looped in together. Okay, I, just, I can't stand their games. <laughs> um, four would be Brendan Steele. Okay, like I can't play for me like at all. Okay, and then five. Um, great guy. Relatively new follower of mine. Played with him a couple times growing up in Atlanta. But Roberto Castro. Uh-oh. Like, just, like, I don't know. I, I mean, he's 70th in the world right now. And I have no idea how. But then again, like, if you're going to if you're gonna ask us to name 10 guys or 15 guys who grew up in or around Georgia and the Southeast who are going to be on the tour from, you know, within one year of, like, the class of 2004 from high school, he would have been near the bottom of the list, and yet he's always just been a total stud. So, I mean, I guess that's almost kind of a badge of honor for him. A badge of honor. Completely (laughs) maximized his talent. To make your top five is a badge of honor. So I'm sure he wears that with pride. Um, Kevin, at just four sports account, wants to know, who stole your cookies as a kid that left you so angry? I saw that one. That's what I want. I feel like you need to come on the podcast more often, just so people know that in real life you're not like you sound on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not angry. Uh, I'm just. It's just that's kind of my outlet is Twitter. Yeah, these guys just tells it like it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but people people like strong takes. You know, the one guy going back to the LPCP thing, the one guy that I'm a little bit concerned about because I'm a big fan, but he he shows LPCP tendencies on the course is Fitzpatrick. Okay. Matthew Fitzpatrick. He was LPCP at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's for sure. Then he won in Dubai. Yeah. So, does he have plans for the tour? Me. Does he have plans for the PGA Tour? I think he's like. I, I want to say he's going to be one of those guys that plays both. Um. Do you think the Euro Tour is going to change their qualifying? I mean, yeah, he played like he played pretty much all the Florida events. Played Honda. Doral, Arnold Palmer, Match Play, Masters, Heritage, players all in a row. Wow. And then he played Canadian Open, PGA, um, 
looks like the dude just really likes playing in national opens. Hmm. Which I think is sweet too, which I think more guys should do. Like, like I think the Mexican Open should be a big event. The um, the Mexican you know, like National Open. Open, like there should be extra weight to that. I think that's been lost in the mix along the way here. All right. Sorry, that was just a side tangent. <laughs> do you think the Euro Tour changes their Ryder Cup qualifying? Uh, they're gonna have to, especially if Rom's. Playing I know Rom is gonna be time. the reason what that why that changes. I have a feeling. Yeah. Uh, did you have any questions? I can keep going, but did you have any that you wanted to get to on this list? Um, let's see. I think uh, we got a question from Robbie Vogel, who actually writes for the site, um, just about uh, golf, like versus like, here versus like here in Boston versus Atlanta, and kind of like what I've found, what like the big differences. Biggest thing would be it's much more walking culture. Yeah. Um, which is really refreshing, and uh, uh, and Solly going back to the push cart because I know you're talking about this on one of your Ireland or Scotland, I think it was Ireland yep. podcast. Um, I think the, there's a time and a place for the push cart. Yep. I think I just used it in the wrong course. Like there's a super, like it's really bad to use it on a hilly course. Yes, it would be. Yes, it's and it's so, not. It's, it's not so much logistics. It's not you know? necessary if you're going out to play 18 holes. Is my point. So backing up to my, yeah. my argument on the push cart, in case you didn't hear it, um, it when I, I used one in Ireland for my dad and I's seven-day, eight-round golf trip where you're walking 18, 36 holes a day, uh, that wears on you. And I've got two bad shoulders. I dislocated my shoulder, been rehabbing it. Lifting a golf bag over my shoulder 50 to 100 times a day is not necessarily good for it. So it does serve a purpose if you're going to be walking a ton um, if you're going out to play 18 holes of golf, I can carry my bag. That's no problem at all. But if you're going for a long weekend of golf or a week of golf, I'm, I'm signing off on the push cart. It's fine. It's le- it's more manly than it is taking a actual golf cart is my whole point. Like you can't, you can't say like, I'll take, I don't know. It's such a pride thing that people will refuse to use a push cart. And, uh, I know I already lost, I lost some, some fans on, uh, by just by saying this on the Ireland, I'm probably losing even more saying it now, but I'm, I'm, I'm in on push carts. Yeah. Part of the push cart mafia. Push cart mafia. Um, let's see here. Another one. Who do you think has more mate, more PGA tour W's left in the tank? Big cat or lefty? That's Brad Bachman. Just asked that. The question more majors. Uh, I'm on record as saying, I think big cat wins two more majors. Two more majors. That one's yeah. that's strong for that, that, yeah. that's strong for me. I I I uh, you you have been adamant. I think I mean even as of maybe even like a year ago, saying that you think Big Cat comes back and wins two more majors. That that seems strong to me. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm, I'm, I say he wins again. I don't think it's going to be another major though. I just look at I was telling Swansack this. Like you just look at the British or. You know, I mean, the guy, I just go back to Augusta a few years ago. Yeah. When he, like, pulled a top five out of his ass. He does a lot of that at Augusta. Yeah, but, like, he hadn't played, you know what I mean? Like, that was, that was out of nowhere. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about was the Zurich Classic. When you were talking to Chucky Triple Sticks. Yep. About, he was so, like, he was, I was shocked to see, to hear how bearish he was on that. The, yeah, the whole, the he, new format. he thought of an angle that I hadn't thought of, you know, and I think he's looking at it from an uh, overall bird's eye view of the PGA Tour, and uh, he's probably got a, bu- I mean, definitely has a lot better understanding than I do of, like, the Tour's relationship with sponsors and how they come up with formats and whatnot. Um, so it was a good point he made on how I don't know what, what he thinks that, I think he sees it as kind of a slippery slope. In that, you know, a sponsor can say, hey, you let Zurich do this crazy format. Why won't you let us do this format? And I don't know who comes up with, with these, with these um, you know, who determines the format and whatnot. For me, uh, I'm ecstatic to see them kind of invoking this European tour half-bake idea thing, which we need to do like a whole podcast on just half-bake ideas. Yes. We really do. Like the fact that they're doing this format and not having one day as a man scramble oh i know is a disgrace I know. like that is that needs to be at the top of the list as far as priorities go and so my idea was a two-man scramble and every hole you don't birdie you have to each have to remove a club from your bag 
awesome. Right? I mean, because you should birdie yeah. almost every hole. I mean, you yeah. should make 13 or, birdies. like, yeah, like, go out and have a three-club tournament one day. Now, that's getting a little a little crazy for professional golfers. <laughs> a three club tournament. It might end up being a three club tournament by the end of the uh, by the end of the run. Yeah, if you run out of clubs, you're done. You're you're disqualified from the event. Um, so we got a question: uh, Who's winning the Puerto Rico Open and the JD and the John Deere Classic in 2017? We talked about the majors already, didn't we? My man, real Andy Stare. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know who plays these events anymore. I would say Speed wins the JD. He'll be back at the JD this year, probably, right? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Stricker. Hopefully, I, I want to see like a a Speed Stricker battle at the end. I think that would be riveting. Is Furyk going to be the captain for the eighteen Ryder Cup team? God, you love the Ryder Cup. It's insane how it's, much you love the Ryder Cup. I do. I really it's do. Like unhealthy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be. And then, yeah, really all I care about is, like, I think somebody was saying how, I think I think it was Chucky Triple Six saying how the, he, you know, he saw Poulter as the Euro captain in New York. I, I think Poulter needs to wait his turn. I think they need to fire up Monty. Again? He was already captain? 2010, Wales. Oh, yeah. Fire him up again. Monty's <laughs> so good. I love Monty. <laughs> yeah, he went Four up against Corey Pavin. Captain, captain the 20, uh, 2014 at Beth Page. Let him be like a playing captain. I thought about that. So, all right, I the same question that I asked them. Uh, does Phil play in 2018? Yes. 2020? No. No, you're calling him done at 2018? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm the... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so, his- his putting is going to fall off a cliff, I think. So what you're saying is I think that Phil is going to play in six more years of Ryder Cups than you do. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. We're over an hour now. Let's find one last final question. What's the be- Impact Golf, what's the best put-down or trash talk you've heard after missing a short putt? Actually, this one really got in DJ's head last weekend. Uh-oh. So, I never really watched American Idol, but um, but my brother, this is like one of his favorite things to say, and so I've kind of modified it. It's uh, when that guy Randy is it Randy, one of the judges, Randy Jackson. Yeah, Randy yeah. Jackson. <laughs> He'd be like, I don't know, man. It's a little pitchy for me, dog. Like, <laughs> I kind of modify that, so I'm like, it was a little twitchy for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, uh, or, or like, I just kind of go to an Ian Dark, uh, the the soccer announcer, and say, um, say like, pace, like you know, you know, like if somebody rams it through the break, <laughs> just, pace. <laughs> so those are kind of my two favorites, just because they they kind of make people think. It's like, damn it, man. That was two and good ones. Start thinking about being twitchy. I didn't think you'd have so. two good ones like that. On uh, I thought I was putting you on the spot with that question, but that was you, you kind of were. You just, came yeah, through. I've kind of been, yeah, I've been kind of, kind of been trying to trying to up that part of my game. Just playing a little wolf lately. Because so. you whiffed on the first tee, so yeah, definitely work on your trash talk. That's what's going to yeah. help you. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Anything else on your end? Um. Last thing I think going back to the Zurich, what? Pairing, I, did, I thought this was a good question. What yeah. pairing would be the most, the one you'd most want to see, and what would be the one that would be most combustible? So, Big Cat and who and somebody's got to be the one you most want to see, right? I don't know what what the who I would even put in that. I mean, like Tiger Phil would be hilarious. Like if they just rub that in Hal Sutton's face. Um, uh, I don't know. Are guys going to play this? I think I feel like everyone that's Every big name that is going to play it has already committed to it, right? Really? I mean, it's kind of in a tough spot on the calendar for sure. Right. And so, I mean, I, I, I still don't think if you're not tied to the sponsor and, and you're – I mean, like, Adam Scott's not playing this, is he? Or, like, um, Phil's not playing. I mean, they're not, they're not getting any other, another top 20 player in the world that wasn't planning on playing it just because of the format, I don't think. Do you, do you, you not agree? Um. I think there may be one or two more. I mean, well, the thing is, so Zurich has kind of like going back 
Zurich has all those guys on their payroll kind of thing, just like RBC does. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing DJ and DeChambeau play together. <laughs> that would be fascinating. I think that would be uh, extra fascinating. Please Especially mic if they're them playing up. Like an alternate shot or something like that. You have to mic those two up. That would be fascinating conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that would be the the best pairing you could possibly have. No, yeah, that's better so. than my big cat, and I didn't even pick somebody to pair him with. So. My brain's fried. It's 11.30 over here. It's nighttime. Yeah, I'm yeah, done. I'll you, I'm toast. So, Tron, thanks for jumping on, man. Um, this this might be the end of the No Laying Up podcast for the year. Um, I'm going to be gone for 22 days in Africa. So, uh, chance I might record one in the end of this week, and then we'll probably post it next week, but I don't know if that's going to come through. Get, like, George Kutzi or... Brendan DeYoung or somebody, <laughs> somebody like, South African. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Gary Player. Vandervault or whoever, you know, one of those guys. Gary Player, open invitation to come on the podcast, man. <laughs> Richard Richard Sterney. Are there any good Namibian golfers? Uh, I, I'll, I'll work on that for you. Okay, work on that for me. Oh, um, yeah. But if, if this is the end of the year, thank you everyone for partaking in an awesome year with the podcast. Uh, hopefully we get one more, but if not, we'll be back in January. In the meantime, should have led with this, but uh, Trap Draw Podcast, the other podcast of our No Laying Up Network uh, that Tron and Randy host. Do you guys have anything on tap for that in the near future? Yeah, we got a couple upcoming. We're, we're going to try to knock out three. Nice. The first of the year here. That's so. All right, there it is. That's how you bridge the gap um, yeah. into the new year. Check out the Trap Draw Podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes on the website, and uh, we'll go from there. Cool. All right, Tron. Thanks for the time, buddy. We'll talk to you right soon. Club. See the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.